This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to our show, Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we have not stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2003's Freaky Friday. You think my life is perfect? You couldn't last one day in my high school. Okay. That's all about to change. Because things are going to get a little freaky. Why am I in Anna's room? This isn't mine. Those aren't mine. That's definitely not mine. So, you're in my body and I'm in your body. I'm old. I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm like the Keeper. Honey, could you like chill for a sec? I'm like the Keeper. <laughs> Um, hi, Audrey. Hi. Are you ready to watch this movie today? Yeah, I'm re- I'm ready for the mental escape. Yeah, truly. <laughs> I have not watched this movie in a long time. As I wrote, and we'll talk about later, I literally remember nothing after when they switch bodies. And the end. How? <laughs> I don't insane. know. I don't know. I, I mean, there's like very slight things I remember, but not that many. Yeah, I guess I don't really either. But, um... We about to be refreshed. Yeah, it's true. So let's start with the facts. This movie premiered on August 6, 2003, making it a feature of the unforgettable summer of 2003, which we will talk about in a little bit. Remember that. We've talked about it before, but it's coming back again. Put a pin in it. (laughs) Put a pin in that. My friend (laughs) Isabel, who's a radio producer, taught me that that's called signposting, where you're like, remember that. Hear that voice? That's Dr. Robert Smith. Remember his name. He'll come back they later. They do that a lot in like serial. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it works though. It yeah, really does help guide does. people. Yeah. Shout out to Isabel for <laughs> that knowledge. Uh, anyway, so this movie was directed by Mark Waters, who uh, the stuff he's directed really aligns with this movie. So he's directed Mean Girls. He directed, why do you look confused? I'm just, I'm shook by this man's filmography. <laughs> okay, so the highlights that I selected were Mean Girls, 500 Days of Summer, Vampire Academy, and Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. So basically he started, well, this movie would have come before all of these. Mean Girls was after. Oh, No, yeah. it wasn't. Mean Girls is 04. I know. I said Mean Girls is after this one. 
Oh yes, but yeah, you yeah, were yeah. Right, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. said some stupid shit. <laughs> right, so. um, <laughs> right, you right, right, right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say, basically, he started at God tier and progressively got worse <laughs> over time. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> He created an era and then got suffocated by said era. You're telling me a man... I I should have assumed a man directed Mean Girls because, duh. But, like... Because I think people just think of Tina Fey because she wrote it. Right. And she adapted it. And she was in it. And she was in it. So people don't... This Mark Waters man is just really flying under the radar <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. I was like, weird. Director. Yeah. Right. So the story for Freaky Friday... Uh, well, the novel that both the 1976 movie and the 2003 movie are based off of... It's called Freaky Friday and was written by Mary Rogers, who was involved in the production of both the 76 and 03 versions, and she died in 2014. So thank you, Mary Rogers, for your service. The screenplay was written by two women. Well, I don't know that Leslie's a woman, but I'm guessing <laughs> that Leslie's a woman. Let's just go with Leslie's a woman. No, Leslie is a woman. Whatever. Okay, so first person was Heather Hawk. Heather Hawk, H-A-C-H. She wrote the book of the Legally Blonde musical, the screenplay for What to Expect When You're Expecting. What? And she's the gym teacher in Freaky Friday. That's her oh, cameo. that's fun. And then Leslie Dixon, I really hope, is a woman because this person <laughs> wrote the screenplay for the movie adaptation of Hairspray, which is like one of the great services to this world. Meaning the 2007? Yes. Okay. Because, obviously, there's an original Hairspray. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that John Waters wrote that. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure, but... Uh, we love Hairspray. That's really one that we should do, too. Yeah, I know. that. That's kind of true. I got a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of them that we want to do, but, I mean, hopefully we'll just keep making these yeah. for as long as... Uh, the powers that be allow us. <laughs> uh, this person also wrote the screenplay for Limitless, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure. I, I always think that that's that movie where they like take the pill and then they're like able to unlock the rest of their brain. You know how everyone says that like humans only use like a third of their brain yep. power <laughs> consciously. Yeah. It's like if you could use 100% of it consciously. I'm pretty sure that's what Limitless is. And this person also wrote the teleplay for the 2013 Oscars. Uh, okay. I was like, Does that even exist? But I guess so. Uh, and she was also an executive producer on Gone Girl and the TV series of Limitless. Varied. Quite varied. Very varied. Freaky Friday has an 88% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but only a 57% audience score. Okay, that's, this is rare for yeah, what we have. Uh, what we've reviewed so far. Usually, critic score super low to non-existent, and yeah. audience score is higher, and it's not even that high. <laughs> not that high. <laughs> it's like fifty-seven. Yeah, it's like, I kind of feel like critics might just really love Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I think because she has been in some real films, films. so they were partial. Yeah. Right. Plot synopsis of Freaky Friday. This is a kind of badly written one from IMDb, but that's how we like it. <laughs> An overworked mother and her daughter do not get along. What a sentence. When they switch bodies, each is forced to adapt each other's life for one freaky Friday. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> uh, this tagline is amazing, though. Should I read it? Please do. Okay, the tagline is, every teenager's nightmare 
turning into her mother. That's a good <laughs> one. I liked that one. I've missed taglines after the past few ones we've done. Yeah. So let's get to the cast. We have Lindsay Lohan as Anna Coleman, the teen lead. I mean, I could read you her resume, but I'm sure you know. <laughs> You're well aware. <laughs> um, we have Jamie Lee Curtis as Tess Coleman, whose big break was in the classic horror movie Halloween, which came out in 1978. And she was also in the sequel. A lot of the other stuff she's been in is like not really stuff that people our age know about, but kind of the thing that she did the most work on. Otherwise, it looked like... She was on this show, Anything But Love, for 56 episodes. Um, (laughs) And in the category of dumb things we know about, she was in Scream Queens, Christmas with the Cranks, (laughs) and Beverly Hills Chihuahua. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, Audrey, you just watched a video of her talking about her career. So do you have any other nuggets you'd want to add for her? We really love her. I just Um, don't know that much about her. The way she actually got her start in the industry is kind of interesting. She was a contract player with Universal, which is a system that doesn't exist anymore for actors. But basically what it was is that a studio would hire you as a contract player and essentially kind of keep you in their like playbook, keep you in their heads when they were casting movies. Because at that time, like move... uh, Studios would just pump out movies on a lot more rapid basis. Yeah. And um, so she got like a small role in a movie as like a random girl in a dressing room. And then the second movie she did was Halloween. Oh, wow. So that's cool. Yeah. Also, I looked up what she looked like when she was in Halloween because I was just curious. And she was such a unique looking person. Yeah. And she still is, but, like, especially as being, like, a young, like, girl in a horror movie, Mm -hmm. she just looked cool. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Hmm, interesting. We have Mark Harmon as Ryan, Tessa's boyfriend slash husband slash fiance. I don't remember. Uh, He think, like, boyfriend. Yeah. uh, He's in NCIS. He's, like, the face of NCIS. (laughs) Uh, He was in Chicago Hope. He was in, like, a bunch of procedural TV shows. That's kind of, like, Like, his thing. How do you get into that? Like, you have to be, like... As bland as possible. So weird. But like with a little bit of like smirk. Yeah. And like Like very conventionally attractive. Yeah, right. Um, And then last but not least, we have a return of Chad Michael Murray as Jake and his love interest. His main gig at the time was being on One Tree Hill. He was also in House of Wax, which I find really funny. Do you remember House of Wax? No. House of Wax came out around the same time and it was this horror movie. But the whole like the gag of it all was that Paris Hilton was in it. Like, she acted in it. What? Yeah, and it was, like, this weird horror movie where they get, like, turned into wax figures or something. I don't know, but it led me to look up the scene of Paris Hilton dying in that movie today. (laughs) And it was very gory. (laughs) Uh, Chad Michael Murray is also in Riverdale nowadays, which I did not know, but that makes sense to me. He had a role on Dawson's Creek, and also he was on Gossip Girl. Gilmore Girls. (laughs) If I he almost could have been yeah, on Gossip Girl. Yeah, he should have been. That would have been fun. He really should have been, but he was a little old for yeah. it. He would have been like a, he would have had to have been Carter like Mason. an older character. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was on Gilmore Girls. And then when I was looking at his, oh, uh, no. at his bio what or at his this? page, I found this quote that just really aligned with how we projected him in, in Cinderella, Cinderella story. story. But I Googled it and I couldn't find the source, but I just thought that it was funny. So, Audrey, would you like to read it? <laughs> He said, um, allegedly, (laughs) 
I love a conservative girl. Let me be honest. I love a great pair of jeans and I love turtlenecks. Most guys want to see a girl wearing nothing. Tank tops are cute too. Then you show a little skin, but you're still conservative. <laughs> that like doesn't seem real. <laughs> I know. Uh, Chad Michael Murray likes some. Uh, he likes a hearty appetite. He likes a hearty and appetite. And a turtleneck. <laughs> Oh, man. So normally I would save this trivia for later, but there were a lot of like very, very compelling uh, casting trivia bits that I found. So the first one is that Kelly Osborne originally auditioned to be Lindsay Lohan's role and uh, she got it or she was offered the role and then she said no and then lived to regret it. Apparently, I don't even know who that is. Kelly Osborne? Yeah. There was like a whole reality show about the Osbournes, like Ozzy Osbourne oh, and his wife and his daughter. Kids. Yes, his daughter. Oh, okay. Um, she was, like, very much a relevant figure of the time. She oh. was kind of, like, I feel like she kind of held the same role as, like, a really high-profile social media influencer would, mm-hmm. but, like, pre-social media. This fact knocked my socks off, and I really doubt this is true, but it was on IMDb because <laughs> I can't imagine this ever having happened. But apparently, Gwen Stefani of No Doubt and Hollaback Girl fame was offered a role as a member of the band in this movie. And the band is one of the best parts of this movie. But does that add up age-wise? No. No, but she's she also looks too super old young. for it. yeah. But, like, everyone watching would know that she was too old. Yeah. It would be, like, a really distracting cameo. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. Love this fact. So, apparently, Michelle Trachtenberg, a.k.a. Trachtenberg? Yeah, I don't know how to say it. (laughs) Trachtenberg? Say Michelle Trachtenberg. Trachtenberg? I always just said Michelle Trachtenberg. I didn't know there was a T there. Trachtenberg. I think most most people say Trachtenberg. Okay, whatever. We're going to go with that. Michelle Trachtenberg... Of uh, Georgina on Gossip yeah, Girl Georgina. fame, plus Ice Princess, plus many other things, uh, was originally cast in Lindsay Lohan's role, but had to back out due to her contractual obligations to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Coincidentally, this is the second movie she turned down in which Lindsay Lohan won the lead role, and apparently Michelle, whatever, was supposed to be the little girl in the parent trap also. That would have been good, I think. Imagine, like, the life we could have had with Michelle. Yeah, like, this is, this is crucial. This is changed, this changed the course of history. It really did. Like. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay, so there's this character named Stacy in this movie that we didn't talk about, but she's, like, the mean popular girl, and we'll talk about her later, I'm sure, but uh, Chad Michael Murray and Julie Gonzalo, who, if you remember, she was also in Cinderella Story, they... Basically played the exact same roles <laughs> in, in two different story. movies. Yeah. Um, so they describe it here as Chad Michael Murray was again cast as the main character's love interest and Julie Gonzalo was again cast as the main character's rival. So people were really into that. I'm wondering if Megan Fox read for this movie. Probably. And, in, okay, this is actually a good point. So interestingly... Hilary Duff and Lindsay Lohan were in this very high-profile feud at the time, so it's kind of just uh, a funny coincidence that they were in love with and antagonized by the exact same two actors Yeah, within, like, a year period. <laughs> um, also, the soundtrack is full of bangers, including covers by Ashley Simpson, Simple Plan, Bowling for Soup, The Donnas, and many, many more. So, 2003, what was happening in this cultural moment? We've talked about it before. 
the summer of foundational identity-forming media for people that are me and Audrey's age. We had Hilary Duff's Metamorphosis. That came out. Lizzie McGuire movie came out. America's Next Top Model. Beyonce's solo album, Juicy Sweatsuits. Britney versus Christina, The Cheetah Girls, like all that good stuff. But without going too into that, I thought that it would be worth kind of focusing in for a second on the fact that Hilary Duff and Lindsay Lohan were having this big rivalry at the time, which I didn't really know about. No. Because it was pre-social media, so it was like, you would have just had to have read it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But basically, it revolves primarily around Aaron Carter and them. (laughs) Like, Hillary dated him. That's so sad. I know. And then he left Hillary for Lindsay and so on and so forth. And, like, they were cast in the same Honestly, though, like, who... Who won that? No, no, no. Like, I would also leave Hillary for Lindsay. (laughs) Yeah, me too, probably. Like... Hillary seems like she was bland. Yeah. (laughs) Love her, but also... Yeah. So there basically arose this whole thing where... Okay, to me, this doesn't make any sense as like a dig. It seems like a sign of respect. But I guess it was considered rude to like show up at the other person's movie premiere. So like Lindsay kept showing up at Hillary's and then Hillary would show up at Lindsay's and kind of try to like upstage each other a little bit by like being the competing starlet there. Um, (laughs) And it apparently got so bad that Hillary allegedly banned Lindsay Lohan from being able to attend the Cinderella story premiere because when they were filming it, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons was because when they were filming it, Lindsay Lohan called Chad Michael Murray to talk shit about Hillary Duff, to talk shit about Hillary Duff, like, while they were filming. Oh. So, like, whatever. Drama. I could see that. And then Lindsay made fun of Hillary Duff on SNL, and Hillary didn't think it was funny and whatever. And then ultimately, they were just like, we're fine. It's cool. <laughs> so a bland ending to a bland feud. Yeah. And and really, where they've ended up now, it's just... Hillary, Hillary is, is okay. so stable. Yeah. And Lindsay is so not. Which is, like, very easy to predict. Yeah. By watching By them. watching how they were. Yeah. So thinking back to this movie, before we watch it again, what are some things from childhood that you remember? Um. So I remember... Mostly just the amazing chemistry between Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. You can just tell that they love each other, you know, like as people. And uh, I was just watching the, like, Vanity Fair, Jamie Lee Curtis, what is it called? Career timeline? Career timeline, Yeah. yeah. And believe it or not, she actually was not supposed to be in this movie at all. The actress who was supposed to, who remained unnamed in the video, dropped out. And then she got the call on a Thursday to be in it, flew to L.A., dyed her hair on Friday, met the director on Saturday, and got essentially one day of like prep and then start shooting Monday. Wild. And the fact that she pulled that off and that their chemistry is so believable it's just like it's a testament to their craft (laughs) yes um i remember the bassist's hair and the main singer's hair in anna's band yeah all of their outfits and all of their hair they're amazing are great they um there's this running joke on twitter that they look just like the band muna if you've ever listened to muna um and they really do look like like, i don't even know how to say it like haim is that how you say the other Uh girl band they also think they look like that band doesn't actually look like no there's just three of them right yeah it's just it's 
It's like if you had three of the bases. That's yeah. Mine. I feel like they both are like rivaling for that. You know, Muna looks eight Yeah, Muna times actually more does. Like yeah. Um, and then, of course, the iconic song is what I remember most from this movie. Yeah, I think that we could uh, like fully perform that song. Fully. Should we do it or we should we wait? Uh, <laughs> we could do a little bit okay. just to prove that we know What's it. What's the beginning? It's like, um, get out, get out, it's all the same to you. On and on and on and on. Wait, it goes on and on and on. And then that part. Don't want to go out. What happens then? Um. I mean, I just sound like an <laughs> asshole now. <laughs> but you, it goes on and on and on, on and on and, and on and on. Don't want to grow up. I want to get out. Hey, take <laughs> me away. I want to shout out. Take me away, 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 away. And that's what we need. <laughs> so that song's amazing. There's also a really good song at the end. Um, some of the things I had written down were that uh, Lindsay Lohan's style was all I ever wanted in this life because it was basically just an Avril Lavigne costume. Um, I really do feel like they channeled her. They yeah. must have. Yeah, definitely. I she, remember she has like black nails and that was a big deal yeah. to me. And like the bracelets. Yeah. She had to have been on the mood board. Avril. Oh. For, for wardrobe. Yes. There's just no way. Totally. Because that was like peak Avril time yeah. when that came out. I wish we could do a spinoff episode on Avril. Maybe we'll have <laughs> spinoff episodes at some point. Um, she was in one movie <laughs> she's, in a, she's in Over the Hedge. <laughs> that does not count. <laughs> if only she had a cameo in something else. Um, Anna's door gets taken off the hinges, and that's very dramatic. I actually think that that's, like, the final straw that, like, forces them to switch bodies or something. And then, uh, as I said earlier... Uh, Maybe. I, uh, <laughs> it was like the door gets taken off the hinges and then they have a huge fight and they go because to dinner. of that. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. And then they go to dinner and that's when they switch. They switch at the restaurant. Which they don't switch at the restaurant. The yes, earth, they do. No, they don't. The, the earthquake earth happens. It's the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't switch at the restaurant. Like their souls do. <laughs> no, they don't. I, like, well, like the, the reaction, you know, like the the initial the, action happens at the restaurant. And they're like, "Ooh, what the heck?" And yeah. then, yeah, it's the next, the next morning. morning. We got to be that specific. <laughs> I mean, okay. They don't switch in the middle of the restaurant. Okay. It's just not true. They do, I think, on their switch back though. Their switch back, I think, is in the restaurant. It might be. Yeah, I don't remember for convenience. I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll find out. And again, I don't remember, like, anything that happens once they switch bodies, except there's, like, a lot of cringe, but that's the point. Yeah, and um, Jamie Lee Curtis, like, flirting with Chad Michael Murray because it's supposed to be Lindsay Lohan in her body. Right. <laughs> so. Right. Very that. Yeah. Um, okay. It's weird. They, like, form a relationship as the mother's body and Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, I thought there's a lot of weirdness to that now. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> All right, are you ready to watch this, Audrey? Yes. I am sure that this one will be on Disney Plus. Yeah, absolutely. And we have that legit login. So, um, to all of you listening, it's time for you to uh, get a blanket, get some water, maybe, maybe <laughs> hydrate. 
hydrate <laughs> and watch Freaky Friday. That's what we want from you. <laughs> we will be right back. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Okay, everybody, we are back. And let me just say that I enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> me too. I totally agree. It uh, did. The thing that made it great is not something that we would have appreciated as children, yeah. I would say. Um. And we both know what that thing is, I think. Yes. But let's get the um, not good parts out of the way first. Okay. So what parts of this movie were worse now to you than they were when you were a kid? I really hate the mean girl trope of like yeah. strange uh, like pranks almost or like mm-hmm. basically what happens is the mean girl like goes in for a hug with with Lindsay when her mom is in, inhabiting her body and she like pulls the back of her shirt over her head and then pushes her she falls back and does a backflip over a bike rack and it's just it's a very obvious stunt it's double just too. like the weirdest thing that is really unnecessary you don't need physical physical attacks to understand that some girls are mean to each other in high school. Yeah, it felt like weirdly assaulty. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, I was like, this is like beyond not okay, but yeah. all right. Yeah. And like the thing about Stacy is her name that is so brutal too is like she gets zero character development. Z- and like Worse than I think any other movie we've watched yeah, as far like, as Mean Girl character like development. Less than Less than Mandy of, Moore. Yeah, in Princess say. Diaries. Definitely less than anyone. Or like, at least with Mandy. No, you kind of know stuff about Mandy Moore. Not yeah, really, kinda, but, but kind of. you know more than you do in this. Right, definitely. this one. What else did you have? <laughs> Another trope that I just... I always hate in movies is when the protagonist like drops stuff and then the boy comes, whoever the boy is, and like picks something up and is like, here. And they're like, oh, hey, you know, why do you hate that? You don't need to. Why are this happens in so many movies where the girl drops stuff and then the that's boy like, comes like and picks it up. of the genre, basically. I know, but it, it just was unnecessary in this one. Like, you don't need that. They could have they could have talked in for so many other reasons. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, yeah, that pretty much encompasses it. Oh, wow. Okay. Obviously, the problematic factor is something else. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I have really nit only nitpicky feedback for this movie in terms of just like dumb things that happen. Okay, I hate it when little kids in movies say things that little kids oh, would never say. Yeah. At one part, the little brother says, 
get a room. Yeah. It's like to ew. his parent, like his, parents, to his mom and her fiance. Fiance. I'm like, okay, I don't think a little kid would ever say that. I mean, maybe if they like if watch they too much it. TV, but still, I was like, ew, get away. I guess that's the point, though. Yeah. Um, I would like to make a dramaturgical note about this movie. <laughs> Dramaturgy is, uh, I guess it would be script supervising maybe more if we're talking about a movie uh, or like character consistency. I don't know. Yeah. Basically, in Anna's room, she has a poster for Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. And then later on, she says she doesn't know who Stevie Nicks is. Yeah. And I just don't believe that you can be someone who Who's only aware knows one. of Joan Jett and not Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I just... It's I just doubt that. Me too. If the if the Joan Jet part wasn't there, I would buy it. But because right. it is, it's fully there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had like two pieces of uh, beef with the ending, which yeah. is a little. Bit, I have a lot of pieces of beef. <laughs> multiple <ending>. beef fillets <laughs> with the ending. But my main ones were that uh, in the beginning, when they switch bodies, they wake up in each other's bodies. Yeah. And at the end, they just. T-pose and look at the sky. <laughs> so funny. And they, like, invisibly go back into each other's bodies. And it's just, like, a very weird stretch. And the, the bizarre thing is that the monologue that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis gives as... Anna, where she's talking about how she's like actually happy to have her new dad and the family and they're at the wedding or whatever. It's like this really, really beautiful and sad yeah. monologue. And then it's like the corniest tie up <laughs> of all time. It's like, did you just run out of steam? Yeah. Like, what happened? So I, know. I thought that was weird. Like the, all those m- deep moments where mom and daughter are finally like understanding each other yeah it all gets thrown away right after they switch bodies again why couldn't they have you know if they were going to switch bodies in this weird pose at the end why couldn't they have switched bodies in the restaurant in the beginning instead of the (laughs) next morning because they totally could have well or they could have just done the rest of the night as each other because they were already yeah. good at it and then wake up on the wedding day, on the wedding and, day be and, and be switched. It would work either way, that but would be better. that inconsistency is weird. Yeah. I feel like if they had switched bodies and then they looked at each other and were like, things are right again, and they were like alone in their house, yeah. that would have been way better. Yeah. Take notes, because, Disney. Because both of them in each other's bodies were succeeding at right. that dinner part of the wedding rehearsal. Yeah. What's that called? Dinner rehearsal, rehearsal dinner, rehearsal dinner, where we rehearse eating dinner. Right. And then my last piece of beef was, so kind of the running gag of the movie is that Chad Michael Murray ends up really falling for Jamie, I said Jamie Lynn Spears, I was like fully ready, Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. And we'll talk more about that relationship in the good parts, I would say, but like, he's like not interested in Lizzie Lohan no. during this whole swap. Like, he's over it. They've just hardly met. Yeah. And then at the end... Okay, right. They've hardly met yeah. when Lindsay is Lindsay. Yeah. But at the end, he's like, I don't know. The last day's been crazy. Can we Yesterday just re- was really freaky. Oh, yeah. He says yesterday <laughs> was freaky. So that's big. <laughs> and then he's like, can we just rewind and start all over? And he, like, acknowledges that he loved her mom. And I yeah. was like, what do you mean? rewind and start all over like if we had gotten even one more day of real Lindsay and chad 
getting to know each other, yeah. it would have been more <laughs> easy right, to exactly. buy. They like said like sup to each other yeah. a few times. They were like sup, and then he was like, "Can I give you a ride home?" And she was like, "No, my mom would kill me." And and that was it. That's that was the extent of their conversation. Yeah. And that's it. So I thought that that was weird. And then they make out and I'm like, sure, but I guess that's like not earned. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The part that I was worried about being worse now, I think was definitely worse now, which uh, this is the dated and problematic section we are entering, um, was all the Chinese restaurant stuff. Right. Like it was just weird. It, it Honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but again, like we're white people, so right. whatever. And it's um, it's just unnecessary. It could have been anybody else. It didn't have to be. It didn't have to be this, you know, voodoo yeah, thing. They call it Asian voodoo yeah. at some point. It's like Asians don't even it's do like, voodoo. What are you? That's not mm. even the right word. Yeah. So I don't think so. That was a little rough. Okay. So now we are to the fun part, which is parts that we appreciated. Would you like to go first? Um, so I cannot emphasize enough how good Jamie Lee Curtis's performance is in this movie. She carries it on her back, and this woman joined the <laughs> cast three days before it started. Yes. You can, you could not have asked for a better replacement for whoever this was. Yeah, who, I wonder who it was. I don't know. But, like, thank God. She was so funny. There were so many parts in this movie where we were, like, laughing out like, loud. Like, her line delivery is so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, you I mean... You can tell that she's having a lot of fun, too. Yeah, which she also said in the little Vanity Fair thing that I was watching, that it was one of those... One of the few movies that she's done where she felt like she had complete creative freedom. Oh. And, like, constantly looks for projects to, like, emulate that feeling. And... But it's just rare. Yeah. And be, because of her lack of prep, she was just like, this is what I'm going to give you. <laughs> and, you know, it might be too much, but this is what I'm going to give you. And it's your job as the director. Like, she was talking to the director to tone it. But, like, this is me. And if you don't want it, send me home. But this is what I'm going to give you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is really the centerpiece of this movie. Which yeah. is so weird because they really, the plot really wants you to care about Lindsay Lohan yeah. more. <laughs> but, you <don't. laughs> but you don't. You definitely don't. Even though Maybe she does have. Maybe if you're a teen, you do. Yeah. She young. does have her moments in this movie, though, that are really yeah. strong. There's some that are, like, not that great. Um, but I think at the end especially, she shines a lot. That whole yeah. We'll get to the whole Battle of the Bands thing. Or not Battle of the Bands, but Wanko Tango audition. Kiss, Kiss FM. FM. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but what else did you enjoy? Um, I enjoyed that what makes Lindsay Lohan's character different, <laughs> like, as a teen, is that she wears pants to gym class. <laughs> like, she's different from the other girls because she wore pants She wears to borderline gym. gauchos to gym yeah. class. And, like, Stacey Hinkhouse wears shorts and blah, blah, blah. She's a dumb hoe. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of stupid. really love the stunt that <laughs> that um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character in... This is so hard to explain. But the stunt that she pulls on Stacey Hinkhouse's test oh, with yeah. just erasing all the answers and writing, I'm stupid. Like, that was just... <laughs> uh, that was funny. It was really funny. Like, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, well, we acknowledged the song... Um, whatever it's called. Take Me Away or Yeah, whatever. Take Me Away. But I, I forgot about the song Ultimate, which is at the end. Yes. And it's 
also great. It is. So. You're it. You're the ultimate. There's a really classic video that Audrey and I recorded years ago, like around Christmas, where we were trying to figure out where happy with oh, all my love is so much like you came from. And we put it on like Snapchat or something because that was like a thing back then being like, who knows what this is? Yeah. We keep singing it and we don't know what it is. And then I think that one of us figured it out. Yeah, I think you did. I think I remember like feverishly going to YouTube and really <laughs> I mean, like I've it. been waiting all my life for <laughs> someone just like you. What is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that too. Um, yeah, Lindsay, as we were kind of saying, like, she, she's got some good acting moments in this movie, but specifically her final monologue. Um, it's Lindsay's body. It's Lindsay's acting, but she's acting as her mother. Yeah. And uh, she's crying and like, it's just really good. And she's asking her daughter yeah. in Jamie Lee Curtis's body <laughs> to talk to her fiance and put off the wedding because she doesn't think that her daughter can like handle faking handle faking it. getting married because they don't think they're going to be able to switch bodies. Yeah. And it's just really good. It was just this really sad monologue where she was like, I think he loves me enough to put it off. But yeah. she's like clearly really scared. And it was just like very sad. Good writing. Also, Ryan gets dragged this entire yeah. movie. <laughs> like he gets no respect. Mr. NCIS is just like stone cold like yeah. the whole time. But then he's. He's got some redeeming qualities. He's a good person. He's a very nice guy, but it's just like him getting denied for the entire movie. Yeah, like he goes in to like show any affection to his fiance and she's like dodging him entirely, which she is a 15 year old. Right. So that's what she should be doing. Also, Lindsay Lohan does not look 15. No, she looks like 17, 18. Like, she could pass for like 20 though. Yeah, probably. But she still has a little bit of baby face. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> a little bit. Ugh. What else did you have? Well, we we were going to discuss just the fact that Chad Michael Murray is good in this movie. Yeah, I had that written down too. He is like actually really funny in this movie because he's like allowed to be a scrub. Yeah, you can tell that he feels more free. Yeah. And I'm sure Jamie Lee Curtis had a huge part of that. <laughs> right. Their chemistry is amazing. Yeah. Their chemistry is, like, too good. It was yeah, almost I was like, like um, I wrote down, why can't they just be together? Yeah, I was like, I'm uncomfortable. Like, Chad was ready to throw away all conventionality to be with to her. To be with her. And I was like, okay, that's the movie I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Harold and Ma. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, way less extreme. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a sad comparison to me. <laughs> it is, but, like... It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, you normally you see Chad being stuck in these hot boy trope yeah. roles where yeah. he doesn't have, there's no writing. There's nothing on the page for him to like mess with. He yeah. just has to be perfect or or a nice guy. Mysterious or Mysterious, something. yeah. So it's fun to see him like singing I was it. I want it that way. What was it? It was hit me baby one more time. Oh yeah, because that's what they talk about in the scene. Him singing hit me baby one more time terribly in their driveway. Put a clip here. It's so good. No, now, up because my loneliness is killing me, and I, I must confess, I still believe. Still believe. Excuse me. I'm not with you. I lose my mind. 
Give me a sign. Hit me, baby. Well, I will pick up on the Chad Michael Murray point, which is that um, our friend Emma Layden uh, let us know that apparently the first shot you see of Chad Michael Murray in Cinderella Story and in Freaky Friday is like the exact same thing. It's like slow motion down the hallway and then him like looking away, yeah. which I find it's true. funny. He's used to that. That's just like his standard treatment at this like, point. So I can just imagine him like going in for a, a day of shooting and the director's like, all right, this is a slow mo shot. He's like, shh, shh, shh. I, I know. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I agree. He's like, what girl do you want me to look at? What girl do you want me to not look at? Yeah, so <laughs> make that, make the eye contact and look away. Yeah, that's what you just do. Just point her out. It's just fine. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, Hillary Duff. Which one? <laughs> uh, I got them both on speed dial. Just let me know. <laughs> um, I also would like to say that I appreciate the lesbian representation in the detention monitor. Yeah, she. Um, you know, we don't get much. So. No. She goes to detention twice on the first day, and that just really made me think about detention as a concept. And I was like, wow, that's really a thing that happens. That's yeah. just crazy to me. But detention doesn't happen during school in our experience. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It happens all. after. It wouldn't be that bad if it happened during no. school. It's like better than being in class. And yeah, it's better than being in class, and it's not a punishment because it's during school hours. Right. It's like kind of a reward. Yeah. <laughs> um, in okay, Lindsay Lohan is from New York. I think she? so. Okay, maybe be, not the city, but do me look it up. Yeah, can you look up where she's from? Because the way that she pronounces her A's in this movie is really funny to me. Grew up in Merrick and Cold Spring Harbor on Long Island. Okay, that's why. She, that's why she talks like this. Yeah. So I was in an acapella group in college with lots of Long Island, Westchester gals. And I say my name, Hannah. But they all say my name, Hannah. <laughs> and, uh, and or like Lin Sarah and Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> and, and this movie is Anna, but Lindsay Lohan says Anna. She's yeah. like, yeah, I'm Anna. I'm like, what? Like, that's not how you would talk in California. Um, yeah, I know. It's supposed also, to be. later on, LA. she says, uh, you've got to let it go, man. And she says, yeah. you've got to let it go, man. Like, we're not fully like that, but it's like a little bit deeper. Yeah. And I'm just like, her origins are showing with those pronunciations. It's so minor, though. Like, if you know, you know. With, with yeah, those. I'm just weirdly tuned into yeah. that because I got so used to it. Again, I wrote down, Chad is actually cute in this movie. Why can't Chad and Jamie just be together? Um, the line, Lindsay Lohan's best line in this movie, in my opinion, is, the rocking may be in short supply tonight, girls. <laughs> <laughs> when she's supposed to be playing the guitar at this audition, which this scene <laughs> is, like, so good. So, basically, teen Anna, no, adult Anna, I don't know how to describe this, but basically, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan's body gets to leave the rehearsal dinner and go and participate in this audition that she wants to do so badly. But the problem is it's her mom and her body and her mom doesn't know how to play guitar. So they start playing and she really, really sucks. But then Jamie Lee Curtis shows up and is like, I unplugged you. Um, I'm going to play backstage. Just fake it. And she fakes it horribly. <laughs> and for some reason, people believe Everyone's it. Everyone's buying it. They're like, yeah. yeah like, it's like when you're in Guitar Hero and you suck and then you finally get star power and they're like... Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, but you're not actually doing anything. It feels like that. But I guess really the main thing it made me realize was that I just want, I want Jamie Lee Curtis to play guitar solos all the time because she looked powerful with that guitar. She did. 
You can just tell she had so much fun with this movie. Yes. And I love that for her. Me too. She was highly amusing. It was like almost like theater acting. Yeah. Like it was so big. It was almost theater acting. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so funny. Yeah. It was so good. And then I just wrote that the monologues, both monologues that each of the leads get are really, really good. And again, this is just another one of those movies where the casting is like what makes it so great. Mm-hmm. The girls in Lindsay Lohan's band are really cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> their their package also brings something. But I think yeah. that, like, the true heart of the movie lies in how great the casting was of Lindsay and Jamie. And um, I feel like it actually does a really good job of making the audience understand, like, what empathy really feels like. Yeah. Like, at the end, it's so sad. I know. <laughs> when they're giving their little monologues and you kind of think like what if it just never goes back to real life like I guess they could get through it if they absolutely had to because they're doing it for each other yeah and that's the whole point and it's it's really like the physical manifestation of the theme uh like the fact that they have to be each other Mm -hmm. literally like that's what empathy is is like understanding someone else's point of view yeah so it's like a very literal (laughs) physical manifestation of what the theme is yeah um but it is a kid you know it is a kid's movie yeah. And I feel like that pretty much goes over kids' heads. I mean, they get it, but they're not like, oh, this is the physical manifestation of the theme. Like, yeah, right, 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 um, right. But they feel it. And like, that's what's important. Yeah, definitely. For a kid's movie. I appreciate that Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie is just like, she's like not an outrageously hot mom. Like, mm-hmm. wait, we didn't even talk about the makeover sequence. Yeah. That's one of the best parts of the whole movie. And yeah. I'm not saying she's not hot because she is, but she's not like... She's not like a hot She's mom. not like Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Like, she's a very good casting choice in that it feels like she really could be someone's mom, especially yeah. if you were a kid in 2003 watching this movie. She is very mom-like. Yes. But she also has the range. She has the range. (laughs) She has romantic on-screen chemistry with Chad Michael Murray (laughs) as like like a 40-year-old. And it's better than any chemistry we saw between Lindsay and him and Hillary It's literally palpable. (laughs) They're like talking about the white stripes in a cafe. What? That's how you That's know. That's the spinoff I want. Yeah. <laughs> is when Jamie Lee Curtis actually does leave her husband like, to be with Chad I, Michael Murray. I bet when Lindsay watched the movie, she was like, wait, why do Jamie and Chad have better chemistry than me in it? I would definitely be wondering that because yeah. it's true. They are just way better. Yeah. I think that's all I have to say on this movie for yeah. now. Really? For now, as if I'm going like, <laughs> to come coming back, back later. To it. I'm like, wait, I have more to say. I have an addendum to add <laughs> to the Freaky Friday episode. Um, <laughs> it's also Friday. We didn't mention. Yeah, it is We Friday. are recording this on a Friday. And it is freaky, so. It really is. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> but uh, I, I was like, so I wasn't that excited to like wa- rewatch this movie. Yeah. I knew it would be good. I always liked it, but I wasn't like super pumped for it but now i i like i'm like feeling it i'm feeling freaky friday feeling freaky on a friday it's good i agree and it's funny and it pretty much holds up yeah so we'll we we, would recommend yes (laughs) and we hope you agree we hope that you watch the movie um please let us know your thoughts any anything we missed um whether that's just like 
other dumb things or other deep takes we didn't think of please let us know yes. you can dm us on instagram at two pink pictures or send us a tweet send us a tweet or tweet at us <laughs> you? at two pink pictures you know we're accessible send us snail mail just kidding <laughs> got a p.o box that would be cool and one one more thing i want to just add mm-hmm. is it almost gave me like a little bit of like a ladybird vibe just a little yeah. bit. You yeah. know, the, obviously that movie is very, very different, takes itself seriously in another way. Yes. But the teen-daughter-mother relationship is complicated. Yes. And all mother-daughter relationships are complicated. Correct. And I just, I feel like they did a really good job of uh, parsing it out and, like, bringing it down to its essence yeah. for a kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, now that the professor has left the room, um, thank you very much for listening, as always, and we will be back with you very soon. On the next Freaky Friday. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingpictures.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at tupingpictures and would love to hear from you there. And if you like the show, if it brings back evocative memories of childhood or tweendom or babysitting, share an episode of your choice with your friends. And maybe even leave us an iTunes review telling us what movie you'd like to see us cover next. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts and is edited and produced by me, Hannah Ray Leach. Special thanks to mixing engineer Sean Rule Hoffman and executive producers Michael D'Aloya and David Moss. Our show music is by Josh Perlman Hall. We'll chat again soon. Bye. The episode with the microphone backwards. And that might have happened on other episodes, but I hope not. I probably did. Check the sound, so (laughs) probably did. (laughs) Hopefully that didn't happen. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.